0: you a a message. It's about the story of Joseph. Joseph was uh, a young man in the Old Testament. Um, Joseph, he was a a shepherd boy. He watched sheep with his brothers. And uh, Joseph was a young man. He was the youngest in his family. And uh, as his brothers were watching sheep, sometimes he the Bible says he brought brought a bad report to his father. Well, when I heard that, I thought, well, it sounds like he was a tattletale. Which, you know, being the youngest, that's highly possible. But he uh no, wait. I'm not saying that about all young young people. <laughs> I, I don't know what that meant. Sorry about that for all you that are young in your family, but um but anyway, um, but he did bring a bad report to his father about his brothers. And it's Bible says that he was loved by his father. Because he was the youngest. Loved more than the rest of them because he was the youngest. So if you get a picture here, he was, you know, telling on his older brothers. His father thought he was, you know, the best. And, and so Joseph, he also, he also was a dreamer. We see that Joseph, he told a dream about his brothers. And he told him, he says, we were out in the field binding sheaves. And he said, we, we all bound up sheaves. And he says that my sheave rose up bigger than all the rest of you. And your sheaves all bowed down to me. So, you know, you got to believe that all of a sudden, okay, this is not going well for Joseph because, you know, not only is he tattletaling on his brothers, but now he says, I had a dream and, you know, my sheave rose up and the rest of you guys all bowed down to me. So this caused jealousy in the family and Joseph's brothers now want to kill him. Now they take it to quite an extreme, but their desire, they're going to just eliminate Joseph. They want to kill him. One of the brothers said, no, don't do that, Reuben. He said, no, don't kill him. So they agreed to sell him into slavery. You know, kind of like, okay, we won't kill you, but let's just, let's just sell him. So they found a group of people coming through, and they were heading to Egypt, and they, they sold him into slavery. So he sold to an officer of Pharaoh. And Joseph, the Bible says, was successful because the Lord was with him. And so as this officer of Pharaoh in this this house, Joseph became the overseer of the house. He became in charge of this man's home. And the Lord blessed the house. So now he's in a foreign country, still probably a pretty young man, in charge of a house, and the Lord blesses him, and the Lord blessed the house. Well, the Bible says he was a pretty good-looking guy, and so now we find that... The owner of the house, his wife, she likes Joseph. The Bible says she cast longing eyes at Joseph. So she likes him. And he refuses her advances. Joseph had enough about him to refuse her advances, but she wanted Joseph. Finally, she makes an advance at him, and Joseph runs but leaves his garment in her hand. So now she takes the garment, goes to her husband. She accuses Joseph of making the advances. And Joseph is put in prison. So now we find that in Genesis thirty-nine twenty-one, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in sight of the keeper of the prison. I was wondering how many, of us, how many of us would feel like we had God's favor if we went through that. You know, if you're sold from your family, your brothers turn on you, whether or not it was rightly so, you know, maybe if we'd have been there, we'd go, well, that's what he deserved. But, you know, his brothers turned on him, sold him into slavery. He's put over a house. He does well. He finds God's favor. Somebody makes advances at him accuses him wrongly, he ends up in prison. And there he finds that God is giving him mercy and favor. Favor. Favor to go to prison. Why prison? You know, probably not, and I, I we won't ask a show of hands. I think some of you have probably been in jail. Um, I, I can't point any, I don't know who, but I think my recollection is that there's been some who've been in jail for one reason or another, you know, it happens. And, and, you know, most of us probably haven't been in jail. But if we were, would we think that God's favor was upon us? Was that what, is that what would, be, would that be my thought? Or what about, if I haven't been to jail, what about when things happen to me that I just don't like? What about when I get in situations that, that I don't think are right? You ever been in situations when, you know, this isn't right? or maybe we might say this isn't fair how do i react how do i react to the situation i want to look at some things about joseph's time in prison and some things to think about in our in our situations the first one is prison is a place or a circumstance it's it's a real place joseph lost his freedom and he was held against his will it's not where he really dreamed about. This, you know, this isn't your dream like, wow, I hope someday I end up in prison. You know, it's not, it's not a dream. It's not, it's not what we want. You know, but how many times do we find ourselves in situations where we like, I don't really want to be here. I don't want this happening to me. This is not what I expected. This is not what I think ought to be happening. Something seems to be going wrong. Something seems wrong. Sometimes we're not happy. We can get questions. Why me? Sometimes our questions is, where's God? You know, when, we get, when we get in those spots, if we get to thinking about it too much, and we get our eyes on what's going on, we can get doubts and fears, and we can wonder, well, where's God? Thinking he must have left, or surely he's not paying attention as a christian i think one of the things in these situations are we need to realize that whether it's a place or a circumstance we have to keep our eyes on jesus when you're going through a tough time whatever it is you got to keep your eyes on jesus if you keep your eyes on your circumstances you're going to go in a bad direction i'm not saying your circumstances aren't there when joseph's in prison. He's in prison. I mean, it's a real place. It's not like he was dreaming about prison. He was in prison. Our circumstances are real. But I'm just saying if we focus on them, if we keep our eyes on them, those will get bigger than Jesus, the one who will free us. The Bible says, "Oh, come, let us magnify the Lord together. Let's make him bigger, not my situation, not where I'm at, not what I'm going through. That is really difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. I think it's very difficult because so many times when we get in a hard place, it's the circumstances and things that begin to weigh at us. We get to focus on that and we get, you can get in despair and all kinds of things come at you and fears and, and it's just a tough thing to deal with. But we have to remember to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to also remember that prison is a place of obscurity. It's a place of feeling alone. A lot of times when you go through hard times, you feel alone. One of the things that I think all of us need to remember and think about and really deal with is when somebody else is going through a hard time, don't run from them. There is a tendency when somebody's going through a hard time, I don't want to get too close, I don't want to feel their pain. You know, I don't, I don't want to feel that. I, you know, when people get cancer, I'm telling you, when people get cancer, there's a tendency for people to back away and don't want to get close to them. I, I don't want to deal with it. I just, I just don't want to get close. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull away. More people have said when they get cancer, you're like you know, one of the hardest things is feeling like you're alone. You're alone because everybody backs away. Maybe sometimes we don't know what to say. I always say you don't have to say anything if you don't know what to say. You know, you just be there, just be there. But sometimes it's a time when you feel deserted. On our part, if we're in a situation, we have to be careful not to get all this pity going. Well, nobody cares. Nobody pays attention, you know. I think on our part, we have, we, we shouldn't go there either and have a big pity party. We may feel like God's deserted us. Or maybe sometimes people will say, where's your God now? You know, I thought you believed in in a God who's going to take care of you. Where is he now? And so we might feel very isolated. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 5th verse. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm telling you, there are times when you have to get that scripture out and you have to read it and read it and read it till you believe it because you're not going to feel it. You have to read it and know that it's true. I believe when we read it and know it's true, the feelings come, but they come because we know it's true. If you just try to go by your feelings, it's going to be like, yeah, but I feel lonely. I feel despair. Yes, that's true. But we have to know what the word of God says. We have to know that he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. If I feel like he's not there, he's still there. If I feel like he's deserted me, he's still there. And many times after the fact, you will realize he was there. A lot of times in this situation, you go, I didn't, I just didn't feel like he was there. Probably not. Probably not. But he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Prison is also a place of oppression. Oppression. We feel oppressed. Not a place we like to be. Don't focus on the pressures and circumstances coming against you. You know, the disciples wouldn't know Jesus could calm a storm unless there was a storm. You know, I've always said, oh, man, I thought it was avoid the storm. You know, I thought it was I thought I thought it'd be nicer if God would avoid the storm. Then I would like uh, be But I wouldn't know how to trust him in a storm if I avoided all the storms. You know, Mary and Martha wouldn't understood Jesus' resurrection and the life unless Lazarus died. People always, you know, I've shared this before, but people always say, boy, I'd like to see somebody raised from the dead. I'm like, do we have a volunteer to die? I mean think about it. somebody's got to die before you can see that, so you know there's a lot of things it's like you got to go through something to see the good and so a lot of times we're in situations we're in situations you know our our struggles they're real. the things coming against us are real it's not it's not make believe and it's not try to just ignore it and pretend it'll go away. That doesn't work either. You can try that you know you can try to pretend and well i it's not the you know, you need it, meet it head on, meet it head on. In Romans eight twenty eight, it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, all things, okay, all, all, you know, all things, oh, being in prison works together for good. I mean, we look at the story of Joseph, we go, oh, yeah, you know. It all worked good. That was all God's plan, you know, sold into slavery, put in prison. It's all God's plan. Easy for us to say reading somebody else's story. Look at your story. Look at what you're going through and then say all things work together for good. This thing that I'm going through is going to work together for good. You know, that God is going to work this for good. It's it's difficult because prison and things in life are a place of oppression it's it's real things we're dealing with it's not it's not make-believe but we have to realize in the midst of that that God is working God is working prison is a place of obedience Joseph remained faithful to God even in prison he had a choice he had a choice he had a choice of what he could do we all have choices Whatever situation we're in, we have choices to make. And our choices do affect what happens. And Joseph chose to remain faithful, even in prison. I always remember Paul I, um, the, the man that goes to Vietnam a lot. Most of you have heard about Paul I. But Paul I, after he, was, after he chose to stay in Vietnam because God told him to stay when he had a chance to leave, he chose to stay. And for about 11 years, he was in and out of prison several prisons and then you know this is not an american prison folks this is a prison where he said if you your family doesn't bring you food you don't eat they don't they don't food isn't provided that's not that's not part of your basic rights he said there was a period of time when he lived on grass i mean you know so this is this is not you know this is not an american prison but he said, his story is, he says, I would go to prison and he would preach the gospel. And he said he would get people saved in the prison and then they would get so mad at him, they'd move him to another prison. He said, another opportunity. And he shared with another group. And finally, they threw him in a women's prison. I guess they thought that was the greatest torture of all. No, I, 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 sorry, I, I had to say that, but, but, uh, his, his job was cleaning the bathrooms. Okay. Okay, that sounds like, okay, yeah, he had a scrub brush. Nope. He had a bucket. He had a bucket. Cleaning the bathrooms. And he said, you know, another opportunity to preach the gospel. Now, you know, I hear that story and I think, yeah, but wasn't it hard? I mean, it had to have been hard. You know, you know, you can't glamorize that. It had to have been hard, but you know, he believed that all things work together for good. He saw it as another opportunity. Wow. I don't know. You know, you don't know. Can you? Can I do that? Do I see the situations I have to deal with as an opportunity? As an opportunity to be faithful and obedient. In Genesis the thirty ninth chapter, beginning at the twenty first verse. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not do any, did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. All things work together for good. That even in prison, he trusted God. He trusted God. And I think for us, we too, we have to trust. We have to trust God. We have to pray. You know, it's not praying because that's the thing to do. It's praying because that's our connection to our Father. Not looking to others. You know, when we pray, we're not looking to something else. We're saying that, Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm trusting you. I'm not looking to other things, other people, other methods, fortune tellers. I'm not looking for other answers. Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm praying to you. And then we have to think about what Joseph also did. He kept serving. He kept serving. Do you think sometimes when we we get oppressed and we get in situations that are hard that sometimes we have that I want to quit feeling? I'm just going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. You know, Joseph kept serving, whether it was prison or wherever he was. He kept serving. He kept doing what it was that God called him to do. Because prison is a place of overcoming. Kind of changes your thinking a little bit if you think about prison as a place for overcoming. That when things come against us, the things come at us. It's a chance for us to overcome. It's a chance for us to overcome what it is that's coming against us. Joseph was placed in many situations. Many situations from little on. He was given an assignment by his father to watch a sheep and check on his brothers. Later on, he was given the assignment of being over a household. While sold in slavery, he was over a household. Then he was thrown in prison. And while in prison, he was in charge of the prison. Wrongly accused, he was put in prison. I don't know that he said, well, this isn't fair. The Bible doesn't say. I don't know if he sat around and tried to scream and holler and said, get me a lawyer. This isn't fair. I need a lawyer. Somebody get me out of here. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know I had a dream? Don't you know I'm going to? Don't you know who I You know, I don't. You know. It just says God gave him favor. God gave him favor. And then the Bible says he was in charge of a nation. In Genesis 41, verse 39 to 41, it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set over you set over all the land, set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. He was now. In charge of a nation. In charge of a nation. Because he was faithful. Because he was faithful. Because he was faithful. He trusted God wherever he was. He trusted God in every circumstance. No matter what was going on. So I think the word for us is, no matter what you're going through, you know, probably everybody's going through something. And probably if you're not, you will be, and I don't mean to discourage you, you know, if you're not, be thankful and rejoice, but probably you're going to have something. I have a feeling that we're probably getting to a place where there's more of this sort of thing, that there are more things coming that we're dealing with that are getting harder, My brother-in-law this week says I'm pessimistic and forgive me if I am. But I feel like if I'm unrealistic, then we can't prepare for what God would be doing. So I think the optimistic part is that no matter what we're going through, we know where our hope is. We know where our hope is. I'm optimistic in the midst of the storm. Because I know where the, our hope is. Our hope is not in ourself. It's, it's not in, you know, we're, we're hopeless. You know, there's no, I don't see much hope in us. But God is our hope. And if we're faithful to him, if we're faithful to him to do what he wants us to do, if we're faithful to trust him, I believe he will help us to be overcomers. Overcomers in the midst of a lot of stuff. In the midst of a lot of stuff. I don't think he wants us suffering. I don't believe he wants bad for us. But by the same token, I also believe that when bad things happen, that he wants us to be an overcomer. I personally believe that there are things happening that are part of, I believe, God's judgment for turning our backs on him. That's my personal belief, that we've basically turned our backs. So what can we expect? Do we expect him to continue to bless us as we've taken his blessings and corrupted them into other things? You know, I think we're at a place where we're being judged to some extent. But for the Christian in the midst of that, we have hope that we can overcome because of him. He's our only hope. He's our only hope. It's not going to come from ourselves. We're not going to be able to just automatically fix it. I I joke about it, but you know, you can trust the government all you want, but they're not going to fix it. I'm just telling you, they're not they're not the ones that God created to fix it. He created families and people. And God works through families and people and authority, you know? He God provides governments and I'm not saying, you know, that all governments evil, but I'm just telling you that God wants us to look to him and trust him. He wants us to trust him, knowing he'll never leave us or forsake us. And he's always there to take care of us. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence with us, no matter what we're going through. And Lord, help us to be careful not to get our eyes so much on the storms of life and the things that come against us that we can get depressed or down or lose sight of you. Lord, you want us to be overcomers, and you want to help us. Lord, just help us to put our trust in you and keep our eyes on you. Lord, we look to you always for all that we need. We thank you for your love for us. Lord, we just ask you to be with us now as we go forth. Help us to be vessels of your love and hope to the world around us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.